Welcome to I Caught It on Audio. This is Ride or Die Episode 4, live. Hello and welcome to Ride or Die, a 64 Tacos podcast. We are going to be talking about the band live today. Um, in this series, what we do is we do a uh, comprehensive discussion about the entire discography of a, of a band we've done Weezer and County Crows and Smashing Pumpkins in the past. So if you're interested in any of those bands, I'm sure you could find those wherever you're listening to this. And yeah, so today we decided just to do another one of our, uh, another nineties band uh, live. And we're going to start by talking about the album Throwing Copper. Um, this one was, released in 1994, was certified eight times platinum and had several singles on it. Um, and this is, uh, if you've listened to any of our podcasts about music before, you you know that we are all big fans of this album. Um, it might be, it's definitely top five from the 90s for me. And so what uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this one beyond that? Well, I, I agree. It's it's my favorite of their of their albums, and it is a top album from the '90s. Um, I mean, I think uh, what was the first single selling the drama? I remember that selling the drama single coming out and thinking, mm-hmm. number one, this is a band I hadn't heard before, but thinking I I, I like this song. Uh, I like the sort of combination of like slightly acousticy, uh, you know, a little bit of that, and then like it kind of kind of hit hit you with the guitars uh, in the uh, in the middle. And I think what this album does better. Then all their maybe except for Secret Samadhi is it really shows off how good they are at um, at dynamics, yes. um, and uh, and really like being able to punch you in the face with that sort of like alternative guitar sound. You know, for an album that sold eight million copies, it's not very alternative, but you know, uh, it's it has it has and also like lots of great songs, a lot of variety in in the songs, like uh, in the style of songs. They don't to me they don't all sound the same. I mean, I guess it. Depends who you're talking to. No, but. There, there's definitely a lot of variety. You've got, I mean, you're, it's the album's all over the place. You've got, um, you've got your hits like Iris and uh, I Alone, and um, sorry, Lightning Crashes and I Alone, and yep, uh, selling the drama. And then you've got weird songs like TBD, and then you've got uh, and and Iris, Waits. the one you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. that's what, yeah. Um, Waitress and Stage are just yep, really really cool songs that just kind of. Get get right in India. They there's just something about this band and this album in particular where there's it just hits right right in your chest as you're listening to it. It feels like yeah, it's one of those albums that you uh, like you you like the the radio songs, but you love all the album tracks. Yeah, um, that that's how that's how I feel about it. It's just there is not for me. There's not a a, a poor song, and there's very few even like good but not great songs. I, I pretty much enjoy every. Uh, pretty much every song on it. I, I've even come back around on Lightning Crashes, which was so ubiquitous for a while that I was kind of like, all right, that's enough of that. But uh, yes. when it pops up now, I'm like, oh, great. This is a great song, too. 
Yeah, the, um, this is definitely the first album that I was um, exposed to, and it was I mainly bought it f- because of Lightning Crashes, <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was I mean it was <laughs> it was all over the place, but I just loved the song so much, and I, I don't think I was I was really that in tune to you know th- other things that were going on in the on the radio with like selling the drama and, and I alone, but of course you know you you heard them in passing, but the, those weren't the ones that really grabbed me. It was Lightning Crashes, and then and then I bought the album. I I think I got it used at Vinyl Solution or something like that. That and, makes um, sense. It was, uh, uh, and and I listened to the whole thing through, and uh, I really, I think one of my favorite ones was White Discussion. Oh, uh, yes. That one really stood out to me, and I think it stood out to me before it became a radio song. And and I think it's also one of those ones that's not really. It was like a promo that they just kind of like threw out there towards the end of the album cycle. Yeah, because um, well, they. It's weird yeah, that it was a single. Like it I know. just it, it doesn't make any sense. Like the the other what four you could you can see as being radio sing- signals. Yeah, um, they're the it, more it, radio sounding in, in the mid in album. the mid nineties especially. But white discussion doesn't make any sense as yeah. a as a single. So I think you're right. It, right. Yeah. And, and, and thinking back to it, I was like, did I actually ever hear that on the radio? Cause I, I, I could have sworn that I only ever listened to it on, you know, from the album. Um, right. So I don't know, like it, it may have just been something that they claim it was a single, but it never actually hit the radio that much. But, um, well, once but you yeah. Get into and then, the fifth single on an album and you kind of lose track of wh- where, where you heard it first too. So yeah, by that right. time they better be cranking out something new because well, <laughs> I'll, I'll know. I'll note that single came out uh, 14 months after the first single. So, right. I mean, we had plenty of time to, to, to live with the album before it actually was released on the radio. Yeah. I think I did. I remember hearing it on the radio, but not nearly as much as uh, as the, the first four singles, which were just they were all on the radio all at the same time. And it was it was kind of great. Yeah, it was lots of live exposure, <laughs> which was good for for the band to you know get get going. Um, and mm-hmm. this is definitely one of those albums that I can throw on at any time and go from start to finish, and it's and it's enjoyable, just like the first times I, I listened to it. Yes, absolutely. the uh, The album is it's just about perfect, um, and I, I I love every second of it. Like we all said, throwing copper was our first introduction to the band live, but it, it's hardly their beginning. They had been active for nearly a decade before that album came out in various iterations. Death of a Dictionary is like an unofficial first album, and I don't think that's available anywhere. And then um, they came out with the uh, EP Four Songs, which I think I have on CD. You used to. I remember yeah. you had it. Um, uh, a couple of those songs uh, made it onto the next album too. Yeah, and two Let's of those songs uh, wound up being on what is effectively their first real studio album, um, "Mental Jewelry." Um, so you know, after I fell in love with uh, "Throwing Copper," I thought, "Well, let's look into this band a little bit more." And then I grabbed four songs and "Mental Jewelry." Uh, "Mental Jewelry" actually came out in '91, uh, so it was three years prior to "Throwing Copper." And it, as it turns out, it actually had quite a few singles on it as well, which I honestly don't remember hearing on the radio at all. And it, it went platinum too. And I, I have a feeling that may be a result of the success of throwing copper. Mm-hmm. You know, it eventually went platinum as people, you know, looked back 
Mental Jewelry is is a great album. It it feels it it's this weird thing that um, alternative bands seem to have happened in the early '90s. Is they had their second album was real big. Um, you've got you know bands like Smashing Pumpkins who we talked about where their their second album was really big, but their first album kind of was obscure. And you've got Nirvana, Nevermind yeah. was huge, but and then then oh they also had Bleach. Look at that. But there was another band that I was thinking of. Um, to a lesser degree, I guess, the Soundgarden. You've got uh, Super Unknown was their huge album, and then Bad Motorfinger was lesser known. Well, I think two had albums. They had albums before that too. Um, and, oh, yeah. But but actually, uh, Bad Motorfinger was pretty big too because um, Outshined was a, was a huge radio hit. Yeah, uh, that's for true. Sure, so, but um, it, there's just this this thing where a lot of bands it feels like they were. You know their their debut album is is their big one, and then they kind of peter off after that. But in the early nineties, it was the their second album was the big one. Well, was, you could definitely uh, cite Radiohead under that model. Um, yes. because although Creep was a hit, the rest of the album didn't sell that well. But then the Benz was was a was a big leap forward, and I think it got a, a lot more radio more attention for them after that. Even Tool was was that way too, because like I don't think Undertow was that was that huge, but Anima was, and then then people went back and yeah. and found right. Undertow. Yeah. Right, and then there there was also Opiate. You know, I think uh, Tool's a yeah. lot like uh, Radiohead in that they had one big hit, and then everyone was like, "Well, yeah, but that's just a one hit band." And then the next album solidified them as, "Oh no, no, no they're going to be around for a bit." Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what are you? What did you guys think of, of uh, Mental Jury? Did you come to it the same way I did, where it was like Throwing Copper was so amazing that you, you know, looked at? I, I'm sure Dan, you were probably very similar. So we were listening to music kind of in conjunction with one yep. another at that yeah, time. Yeah, we, we're we're the same age, and we're you know we're friends before we started listening to this music. Zach, you're a couple years younger, um, and we weren't friends till after this period. But for yeah. for I remember hearing Operation Spirit and Painlands on the Riverside on the radio. Okay. Um, and th- those may have been picked, kicked up after more after mental jewel or, uh, uh, throwing copper came out. Right. Um, but they, I definitely heard them on the radio. Um, but, uh, I, i I started listening to mental jewelry because you bought mental jewelry and started playing it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, this is, this is like, you know, the REM version of live. This <laughs> is what I thought. Yes. It's, it's all oh, so acoustic, you know, that's a great um, correlation. Yeah. I never yep. even thought of that. And, uh, and, you know, so all the songs have like the basic underpinning of acoustic guitar. That's pretty much what sort of is the core. Whereas in throwing copper, it's much more electric, uh, electric stuff. But so I remember mm-hmm. like liking pain lads on the riverside and to a lesser extent operation spirit and then the rest of them, they were just on in the car, like in, in, in your car, Dave, all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this, this is okay. You know, I started I started to get to know the songs and I was like, yeah, well, this is good. I mean, it's not throwing copper, but, you know, hey, that's that's fine. And and then I, I ended up getting the album like a couple of years later. And then I I was like, man, this this is really good. Like it. I don't it was like a slow build for me. Like initially I was like, Meh, you know, definitely not on the same level as throwing copper. And I, I still feel that way. But I, I have a lot of affection for this one. Um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, thematic similarities between the songs and like sonic similarities. Um, but I feel like they're distinct enough to where I always I'm like, oh yeah, this song. Like I, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. They don't like all mush together. But I could totally see somebody thinking that they all kind of sound the same because there's not nearly as much 
variety and, and dynamic um, interplay as there is on, on throwing copper. Uh, yeah. What about what about you, Zach? Did you ever really listen to this one? Uh, no, I didn't. This one was totally off my my radar because I it was throwing copper and on. That was that was where I started and and uh, and I don't think it was until I got a hold of you know like streaming music service uh, account that I actually was went and listened to this because I never never owned it. I don't think I ever downloaded it. Um, but it was it was at a point when I was trying to like go through some of their old stuff before this this uh, podcast preparation for this podcast that um, I. I did listen to it and uh and yeah it i mean it just it lack, lacks the polish of of the later albums and of, of throwing mm-hmm. copper or even yep, absolutely um, and that's that's okay i mean i i like to see or i like to hear where a band starts and what their kind of writing style is and what the you know and, and i see also this was produced by jerry harrison which is uh yep um one of the talking heads members yep um, and he produced and uh, throwing copper too i think yeah yep um uh, and that's pretty cool because I, I, you know, I love love when there's, uh, you know, I don't think there's a Talking Heads influence on the music necessarily, but um, but maybe some of his sonic stylings for from Talking Heads do kind of um, get yeah. pulled in regardless. Some, of the, some of the percussion choices, I feel like, were maybe things that were he could have hypothetically brought to the table. You know, yeah. there's a hint of that sort of world beat. In the yeah. way that mm-hmm. some of the tracks flip the snare off and go with mm-hmm. a little more sort of yeah. um, outside the box world beat type uh, percussion. So may- maybe I never actually yeah. know, didn't think about that at all. I, I knew Jerry Harrison uh, was the producer, but I honestly knew Jerry Harrison as the producer of Throwing Copper before I knew him as a member of uh, Talking Heads. Yeah. Um, and that's that's my favorite thing about this album personally is is the drumming. I mean, Ed's Ed's singing is always entertaining, um, but the drumming is just really really good. I mean, I, I don't know if it's quality drumming, but it's always interesting, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole rhythm section in this in this album um, just does an amazing job. Where it just put, it uh, it keeps your your attention on the songs and and it kind of drives the songs more so than the guitars do. Well, um, and that, that's partly because it's acoustic guitars in a lot of mm-hmm. them, I would say, but yeah, it's, um, the rhythm is, it, well, I'll just, I'll admit it got me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually absolutely agree because for me, right around the time that live started becoming a thing, we, we were what, 15 when, um, when throwing copper came out and a year yes. later I was, you know, working my first job at target first real job. And, uh, I remember like working in the back room and, uh, and, and someone had the, you know, GRD or whatever radio station on. And that's the first time I heard pain lies by the riverside lies okay. on the riverside. Um, and that of course is, um, the, the baseline and that is, is very prominent because, uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's the, um, it, okay. And this, this supports your, your idea even more because it starts out with just the drum beat, you know, uh, that yep. sort of like hi hat riding drum beat. And then it kids kicks in with a little bass, like do 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 do, and then it kicks into like this this uh, slap pop bass line, which you know I was playing bass in the band in our band at the time, you know, so I was like, right. yeah, yeah, everything that was a cool bass thing, I was like, yeah, 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 I, I like that. So um, that really jumped out, and, and that is, I think is a feature of the first few albums. Number one, I think Chad Gracie is a really really awesome like rock drummer he his drums sound amazing but like distinctly like him and then his parts are just inter- they get just enough wrinkles to make them really really sort of fascinating without being like super over the top so I, I i agree i think one of their real strengths 
is 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 the rhythm section. Anyhow, Zach, you were you were talking about <laughs> your experience oh, where we uh, kind of barged. Yeah, in. well, that was. I mean, I, I think I I've touched upon enough of it. Um, it, it you know, I heard. I think I heard some of some of the the single songs on the radio, and and again, I'm not sure if it was at that time. Uh, or, you know, when the album came out or if it was later because of the success of throwing copper, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I like the singles. I, I like some of the later tracks as well. Um, and I, and I agree with you guys that, you know, I think the, um, the drumming is, is like the, one of the big focal points and, and I think it has a, a more to do with the production of that era because you can actually like hear the drums, you know, yes. <laughs> it's, it's not, it, it's not of, this was at a time when they weren't really compressing the snot out of everything to get like more volume mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And so you can really hear the dynamics of the drums. And so it, 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 it's more pronounced yeah. and, and, and sounds a lot better. Sounds, sounds natural. Like a human's yeah. playing it, not like yeah. sort of an impossibly so, repeated, you know, uh, drum sounds that, that you could re you could recreate yeah. with a computer if you wanted to. Right. And so sometimes that, uh, like un, uh, underproduced or, uh, you know, under polished or whatever type of thing of, of an, of an earlier era is actually a good thing because, you know, it may not sound as like crisp and perfect as something produced nowadays, but it also, you know, it's in some ways it sounds better just because you can actually hear what's going on in the mm-hmm. instruments and it doesn't get all muddy and stuff. Yeah. So Throwing Copper was a huge success. Um, went back, listened to Mental Jewelry, thought, oh my goodness, this band's actually really good. Uh, just wasn't a one-off thing. The new year, it turns to a new year in 97, and Secret Samadhi comes out, mm. which I was so excited about. I think I might have got it, you know, the week Day. the week it came out or something like Day that. Day one. You know? yep. went to, Day um, one. Yeah, went, went up to Meyer, grabbed it, you know, Brought it home, you know, paid the nineteen twenty dollars or whatever it was. You didn't wait for it to hit BMG. Um, just <laughs> went and got it right. Yeah. <laughs> brought it home, or probably put it in the disc man. Plugged the little tape adapter in and listened to it in the car. I did not know what to think of this album. Yeah, really, it was. I, I, re- I remember hearing um, so uh, bizarre. Juice. Well, yeah. so that, that, that one, that single was the first single and I'm look I'm just looking now it's released January, 2797. And that, that is exactly, of course that's correct. But we, we were seniors in our last semester in high school and we were, we had already had the first wave of albums, you know, when we were like 15, 16 and we were starting to like, you know, get licenses and, and drive and hang out and get into music and be in bands and stuff. And I remember hearing that, Oh, it's a new song from, from live, you know, the new album's coming out. You know, that and like Pinkerton and albums like that were like that second wave of albums from bands we loved. And uh, I remember the King of Juice was first and I was like, oh, new single from live. What's going to sound like? And then it has that insane, like super heavy like <laughs> guitar riff. And you're like, I, I remember being like, fuck, yeah, that is the yeah. best. That was yeah. my reaction. to the- Now, when I took the home, the album and I got somewhere around the the part of by the time I got around to Hero Cycle, Hero Cycle Dreamer, I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> Not like bad, but like bizarre, oh, like deliberately yeah. trying to be weird. And I, I think that's actually a bit of a strength of the album because it sounds nothing like any of their other albums. But yeah, I was like, like it had some really like uh, like turn my head and Lakini's Juice and um, you know one of my personal favorites, Gas Head Goes West, are like, oh yeah, they sound. They sound like great singles. Not that Gashead ever was a single, but they sound like 
singles that make sense. Uh, even Rattlesnake um, was a good single, but some of those other songs are so strange, uh, and it's, it's what they're trying to do, you know. And and that's that's really charming. Well, this, you know, once you wrap your head around it, an example of a band who just came off of all the success in the world. You know, they're at the they're at the height of their of their career, and they're allowed to do whatever they want in the studio. They're just given free reign and they write exactly what they want. And it's some weird, weird stuff. And I love it. Secret Samadhi is one of my secret favorite albums. Um, <laughs> Cause it doesn't, you know, you present it to someone and it doesn't quite make sense why I like it so much, but um, it's, and I, Dan, I, wow. I made this comparison um, to you not too long ago where, um, if you look at if you compare live to Weezer, um, throwing copper is the blue album. You know, a huge commercial success, and then immediately following, you've got Secret Samadhi and Pinkerton, which mm-hmm. are basically, you know, the yep. same the same step. They both went in that same direction where they just did whatever they wanted, and I don't think the public. I mean, it sold two million albums. Secret Samadhi did, so it was yeah. it was by no means a failure. But after eight million, you know, eight, eight times platinum. That's that's not what you what you're hoping for, <laughs> right? It's definitely a step down. Yeah. Um, now that said, I love the album. You've got those weird songs like "Freak" and "Hero Psycho Dreamer" and um, "Unsheathed." Unsheathed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the only universe. Like, yeah, very very weird. But like, I they did such a good job, even more so than than throwing copper. They leaned into their their ability to let, to add drama and with the through the use of dynamics. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it you can pretty much link my how much I love a uh, a, a live album based on how how much dynamic they they use. Like that's a pretty a pretty fair way to look at it because they you know fr- right off the get go with Lakini's Juice, but even like Rattlesnake, like it's, it has that like slow start, and then it and then it and then it really kicks in with this big huge chorus um they 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 do that in uh in in in, in they sort of build up in grays um I, they, and then they have those songs like ghost where they never really explode but like it sounds so different from the rest of the album that it makes it stand out and i i just love i just love the sort of surprise of every song even though you know the album you're still like oh yeah yeah this is this this one mm-hmm. this one this one's weird or this one's totally different i i just think it's a uh, I don't think it's as good as throwing copper as far as like how no. consistent it is. Throwing copper is perfect, but I love the way the album sounds. I love the way they co- totally went for it. And it's good to also have this album on top of uh, throwing copper. Yeah. I think, I think this one actually might've gotten more, more um, spins, more play than throwing copper for me, just because I, you know, I was coming in at the tail end of throwing copper. And then when this came out, I, I was so excited about it. And, and, and it was, it was the direction that, that I love the weirdness. Yeah. Uh, and so it really, it really excited me. And, and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, Cause it still has the same flavor, but it's just, it seems so radically different. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think, yeah, I I think when it, when you've got that drop from the 8 million to 2 million, I think the vast majority of grunge heads or, you know, whoever, whoever was really in love with throwing copper, they heard this album and they're like, 
they, they heard Lakini's Jews or freaks on the radio and they're like, nope, not for me. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Um, well, which I is th- sad I think, because I think they're missing out. I, <laughs> yeah. I think they lost the, the people who signed up for lightning crashes and I yes. alone. Yes. Right. Like that, yep. that, that, that group of people, the, the more pop um, people, they, they didn't stick around for secret Samadhi. And like you said, they missed out big time and, mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't what they wanted, you know? So yeah. and that's perfectly fine. Cause it is, it's very different, but it's, it's a perfect companion piece to throwing copper. I think it's like, it's, if you want all the weirdness of throwing copper emphasized, then you've got secret Samadhi and, and it's just, just a fun, great album. And it just uh, makes you wonder how in the world it even got made, honestly, and it's, it's as, just so bizarre. And as a little foreshadowing to the next album, we'll talk about if you want, if you want to lean into the polish, uh, then, then you should listen to the distances here, the polished side of throwing copper, um, yes. because they definitely turned away in many ways from the the bizarreness. And I don't know if that was a reaction to to like criticism or the lack of sales, relative lack of sales. Two million is pretty darn good these days, but but back then, you know, I think more was expected. But um, but yeah, well, yeah, you're, coming you're off right. of eight million, two millions, yeah, yep. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the distance to here again to to uh, continue the Weezer analogy, it's it's. It's effectively a Weezer's Green album, where they they returned to all of the things that made throwing copper popular, and emphasized that and doubled down on it, just like Weezer did with the uh, when they made the Green album. They went back to all the success of the Blue album, because like like uh, Secret Samadhi, Pinkerton was not successful. They uh, live doubled down on the success of of throwing copper, and we got the distance to here now zach did you, did you and dave did you guys listen i bought this album when it came out and listened to it right yep. away but did you guys also uh get it and uh, and invest time in it i did yes, not i did no. yep it okay. was a day one purchase for me and and i listened to it over and over and over again um and and i was i was taken aback at first um because i was like hmm, this is not really <laughs> This is this is kind of the opposite direction of Secret Samadhi, um, but then I really started to like it. Like it grew, it was a grower. It it, uh, it grew on me, and and I just I, I you know, uh, there's something about some of these melodies, whether it's mm-hmm. Dolphins Cry or I think it was uh, Where Fishes Go, uh, Face and Ghost. <laughs> there, there's just there's just some really great melodies in there that really. I, you know, it, it's not always the lyrics. It's not always the, the dynamics is, you know, sometimes just like the, if a melody gets stuck in my brain, I just want to keep listening to it over and over again. And I think that's what this one did. I, I didn't buy it, but my now wife, um, girlfriend at the time did buy it. So I got to listen to it, you know, when, when I was hanging out with her, but I never, I never bothered to go buy it. I don't know. Dolphins Cry didn't really like that was the first single, right? Yep. Yes. It, it didn't grab me, and the 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 title, the distance. I don't know. I don't, this whole album confused me when it came out. Yeah. Um, like I I this wasn't sure if assumption. the album <laughs> was was called the the Dolphins to Hear or whatever. I I just <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't add it all together. You know. Um. I I, I don't know. But going yeah. back and listening to it now, I I actually really enjoyed it. I was I'm, I was yeah, pleasantly yeah. surprised. 
um, as I you know went through it, it's it's not as good as throwing copper, and it's not as interesting as Secret Samadhi. And we're back to Jerry Harrison again producing it, which is which shows because it has more of his feel that you have from throwing copper and mental jewelry um, in it. But um, I, yeah, I, it's it's a good it's a good album. I I really like this album, but. Um, it is definitely a step down for me in some ways. Uh, you mentioned the dolphins cry. The dolphins cry was one of the first times where I, I found myself cringing a little bit at, at, at Kowalczyk and his lyrics. I mean, there's plenty to cringe about, you know, um, you know, if your mother goes <laughs> yeah. to bed with you, you know, et cetera, uh, on yes. Secret Smotty. but he started to get into sort of like hokey range. Not, yes. not bizarre, but like hokey, you know, and you can make that accusation about a lot of the sort of spiritual ramblings on mental jewelry and his, his, his vague obsession with hating, but kind of wanting spirituality and religion. And that's yes. fine. It's, it's fun to wrestle with that. Um, but I start some of these, some of the lyrics uh, just kind of stand out as being slightly odd, especially in the first half of the album, which I, I feel is a little stop start. Although I do, I can't say I, I dislike any of the songs. I actually like the songs. The Dolphins Cry has like some, it's like a really pop version of what makes live great, you know, um, big vocals, like, you know, the, the, the guitar hits and, you know, it's, it's really well done. Um, but my initial reaction when I heard that single was, Oh, 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 well, I guess, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I want to be into your rose garden of trust, you know, like there was some like high school poetry, uh, uh, stink on yeah. some, of, some of the lyrics. Um, well, and and, uh, and from my perspective, it didn't help that I thought the line was "Lolita's all right, Lolita's sheep will lead us." <laughs> I can hear the dolphins cry. Then whatever the next line is. So I was very confused about yeah. sheep and dolphin and Lolita and what you know, is going on in this song. And would you be surprised if Ed Kowalczyk wrote lyrics that included Lolita and her cry? Like that's <laughs> that's right up his alley. So yeah, it's Lolita an understandable and her thing. flock of sheep and yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't surprised that that's what I heard. What really, and of course, Dolphin's Cry is catchy and Run to the Water is catchy. I thought like the 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 sort of guitar riff on the distance was super interesting. Um and, and I liked that. But what really ended up sort of selling me out selling me on the album were uh basically uh Face and Ghost through We Walk in the Dream. Face and Ghost, Feel the Quiet River Rage, Meltdown, Stood Up for Love and Walk in the Dream are like the sort of best version of like non-weird live that you know um that happens after throwing copper for me like they they um they, they're just they're, they're great melodies they're the rousing choruses i don't know they, they they just wormed their way into my head and i love the second half of this album and i enjoy the first half of the album i think this one i think it's it's probably i think it's better than most a lot of people give it credit for um uh, it's I, certainly better than I thought it was. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I know that you didn't really listen to it very much back, you know, back uh, when it came out. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I remember, I remember having it in the in the car for for weeks at a time, you know, driving around, you know, back 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 in '99 and in 2000, and it really grew on me. And I, I still enjoy going back to this one. I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, it's kind of in the ballpark for me of uh, mental jewelry. Uh, they sound very different, but they're both that sort of like, well, they're not they're not the top tier live for me, which is throwing copper in and um 
and uh, Secret Samadhi, but I still really, really like them. And I think, you know, if someone if someone put an album out today, you know, that got on the radio that sounded like this, I would be ecstatic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it would be nice if someone could write music as good as this right now because it, it's not happening. Well, it is. It's just hard to find. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and, yeah. Like, and I, yes. The, the radio is not giving us this. That's for sure. I, I would like to make one more point about this album, which is um, the the uh, th- this is this is probably some of the best um, singing by Ed Kowalczyk, uh, mm. and 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 I say that as it's actually a problem. <laughs> uh, it, it's so it it was like the one thing that confused me the most because I was like, wow, this this sounds too good. Like this sounds like he's he's really singing very well, and I think some of his earlier work was actually better when he was not trying to do that. Like when it was when it was when yeah. it was yeah. more you know emotional and and yeah. more like um more passionate yeah more passionate and more like of the moment and i and i felt like this was very rehearsed and very very mm-hmm. calculated yeah. and 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 i and it's not bad it's it's just that it was it struck me as so strange because it was like this is not the live that i've you know that i've come to know this is not well, the ed i know <laughs> i think you've i think you've hit on something um there which i, I never really process that or or came up with that in my head but when you say it it sounds exactly right and i think this is the beginning of ed take starting to take the band over and kind of Um, being the main the main voice what i always thought was great about live is i talked about how i really like jad great chad gracie's drums i just think they're 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 that great like non like super technical but like great for rock songs um interesting parts i like the way uh, Patrick Dahlheimer plays bass. He he does he he, he makes the mm-hmm. bass lines prominent frequently. I love yes. Chad Taylor's guitar tone. I love his like wonky non solos. You know, like his sort of mm-hmm. noise solos. These mm-hmm. are all amazing things. And Ed's a great singer. And I and he's also the main songwriter. You know, for all this stuff. So of course he is kind of the you know he's the QB of the band. He's the most important. You know, I, I totally get that. But I feel like this is this is where we start to get a slight. You're starting to get some hints that Ed is maybe his ego is getting the best of him. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if we've yeah. got a, a Billy Corgan type scenario here or <laughs> if it's just, you know, when you're the person writing pretty much all the songs, you know, not all, all, but like a lot of the songs you start, you start it's that sort of beginning to take over like some of the decision making on, you know, like we start to, I feel like it just became sort of the focal point of the band. And that's not a bad thing because he's such a, good singer and songwriter but i think you lose something and i think in the albums that are coming ahead that's maybe where they started going a little awry in uh, in my opinion now now we're ready to get into stuff that i don't think any of us spent much time with um no and and, uh, yeah yeah, the next one up is v or five depending on uh i don't know what their intent was um i assume it's five because it's their fifth album um but uh yeah my my feeling on this one was when Simple Creed came out, that was the song that I heard. Or, or yeah, yeah, no, it was Simple Creed. Yeah, that was that was the first single, wasn't it? Yep, it was the yep. first single. And I remember thinking, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> yeah. it's like, mm, uh, you know, and, and I don't know why it stuck in my head, but I mentioned this to you, Dave, when we were talking about even doing um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a ride or die for live, which was, let's just say, uh, I don't need to hear uh, him saying like the the the, the word puppy scruff. 
the way he chooses to say puppy <laughs> stuff in Pimble Street in Symbol Creed, somehow like I was like, oh, I don't know, Ed. I don't know if I can go this way. Yep. Um, what, what what did you guys think? Uh, wh- why don't you start, Zach? Uh, what were your thoughts on, uh, so, on this okay. album? So notice how I mentioned that I uh, that I purchased Secret Samadhi and The Distance to Here the day one when it came out. Mm-hmm. That did not happen for this album. And uh, quite frankly, I didn't. I don't even think I knew that it came out. I may have downloaded it and never listened to it. Well, um, so it was released um, like a week after the September 11 attacks. Okay. So oh, yeah, you're I right. I don't think it was on anybody's new music was not on anybody's radar at that time. I have Um, a distinct memory of this, of this jump in, but you just reminded me of something. Uh, Josh Zylstra was lived in a house with like six guys and we were all going to college. And uh, I went over there. I didn't really like hang out with them all the time, but I I knew, you know, Mark Steenweich and, and uh, Mm -hmm. Mark Burgers and, you know, some of the guys that we knew from, from uh, Grand Apis Christian. Yep. From high school. And then we had, um, there were some other like people from Calvin people that I kind of knew here and there. Cause I, you know, I was friends with Josh and we were down, uh, we were playing poker for some reason. I don't remember why it's not like I played a lot of poker or anything, but we were in the basement playing poker for like, you know, penny antes and we were sitting there and the radio was on and simple creed came on. And, um, and, uh, well, first it was Nickelback was on and we were like, gosh, <laughs> this is the worst. And then the live song came on and one of the guys was like, yeah, I don't know about this one. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. We we're all we we're all kind of like, yeah, I don't know if live has it anymore. And that was before, I believe that was that was right at the beginning. It must have been near the beginning of the school year there if it came out in September. But uh, we we were all, or maybe oh, it was in the summer probably. And we were all like, and I remember thinking, yeah, this song is not convincing me of anything. In fact, I I think maybe I don't like new live stuff. Like that was that was my thought process. Um, did, did you, uh, did you have any memories, Zach, from when, when you downloaded of, the, of any of the songs other than simple creed or did you uh, even, I don't, I don't even creed? have them. Honestly, I don't have a memory of simple creed either. Uh, that just uh, nothing, nothing about this album, uh, other than deep enough, strangely, um, cause it wasn't a single, um, but I think it was maybe from having seen the, the fast and the furious cause I'm seeing that it was on that soundtrack. So, it, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Not, maybe I, maybe I screwed up. Maybe this was glorious. Fast and Furious <laughs> is always dead on when it comes to taste. <laughs> hey, that first movie was kind of cool at the time period. Okay, well, we, we were kind of we still only about like twenty at the time. We, I think is we, what it came we don't, down we don't we, need it, to get off into Paul Walker it, territory and Vin Diesel. Yeah. Okay, um, but yeah. suffice <laughs> to say, I, I do really like the trip hop. Um, you guys probably don't care about him, but Tricky, the uh, oh, trip yeah. hop. Uh, I, yeah, artist. we saw Tricky at um, Lollapalooza in '97. Okay. I absolutely love him. I love all of his work. I love his stuff that he did with Massive Attack. Um, and then, and so yeah, when, when we were, Attack. you know, getting ready for this, um, uh, and I started listening to us, I was like, "Hey, that sounds like Tricky." And then I went and I looked at the, the liner notes, and I was like, "Yep, sure enough, it's Tricky." And I was like, "It's not. It's not really jiving with." <laughs> I mean, it, it's cool that they kind of did the did the crossover or whatever. They you know they tried to mix genres a little bit but um no it, it just there's something about yeah. it that just doesn't work and 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 nothing nothing really I, you know i i, I, I will we'll say that uh, uh going back and listening to all these albums this is better than what comes later <laughs> um but yeah. that's kind of frightening considering mm. <laughs> how bad this is already 
Um, I think the prop they they lean. Sorry to cut you off there, Dave. Real quick, uh, I the, um, to 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 hop on the the tricky thing. I think they wanted to get into something different, and that was kind of big at the time. And there's yeah. definitely some like drum beats popping up here and there, and like a lot more keyboard and stuff. And they were, and I don't, I just don't think it works with what they're trying with, with what they do well. Um, I think that that's maybe what makes it more interesting than the albums that came after. But I think that is a, that is a negative. Um, it's, it's a failed experiment and they didn't really even commit to it um, very yeah. well. But anyway, Dave, what, what are your thoughts? I hate this album. Um, <laughs> I, hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. Um, I, I nearly killed children in the carpool during the morning <laughs> listening to this, trying to thumbs down songs. Uh, there, was, there was a point where I took the phone, uh, you know, which is connected to the Bluetooth. Uh, I took it out of the holder, handed it to my son and said, you need to thumbs down this song. I don't know why I can't press the thumbs down button, but that is the only <laughs> thing that's important right now. Yeah. It is, I'm looking, looking back and I thumbs down um, one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't thumbs down songs very, very often, but six out of these yeah. songs were all thumbs down and they just, including the first, no, the first six. And then also another one. Um, it wasn't until uh, forever may not be long enough and that may be because I have some undying love for Glenn Ballad uh, because of his Aerosmith influence. What um, was what was up with that intro? It's it's I oh it, well they wanted me to murder someone. Is what it's what they did. It's, it's truly annoying, and I don't understand the purpose or who's making like the sound. Like who is like talk whatever. It's remarkably annoying. Like how can you yeah. get a thirty-seven second intro wrong that much? Like, Especially yeah. when you're just coming off of, um, you know, dance with you from the distance to here. Yeah. You know, that song ends, which is a nice, pleasant song. It's and then you nice go straight. Song, yeah. You go you go into this god awful intro, which what what the hell are they doing? <laughs> um, and yeah. then Simple Creed. I just I hate that song. And it's... Deep Enough is not good. <laughs> like a Soldier is not good. And People Like You is horrible. And Transmit Your Love, I don't even know what he's trying to do with that song, but I could not get through these songs fast enough. I I have not disliked an album in this series more than I disliked this album. Oh, wow. Um, that's, uh, it's that's like that's there, was, there was that really the, – the country album that County Crows did, which I did not like. Um, mm. I, you know, I really didn't like that one, but this was worse. There was, um, gosh, what was the bad Weezer one? Uh, there were several. Uh, there yeah. were just wasn't just one. Um, yeah. Attitude, maybe. No, Attitude is fine. Okay. Uh, was the was it the Black Album? The, the Black Album. I hated really, the Black Album. Yeah. But this one, this album was worse. Yeah. Um, none of the uh, none of the Smashing Pumpkins albums angered me because they no. were so mundane. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they weren't when they weren't good, I should say. Um, but man, I did not like this album. I wanted it to end every time it came on. I don't know if I hate it with the with the heat of a thousand suns like you did. Yeah, but I, I did not like it. Um, I did not find, I did not find any of it particularly. Uh, I I found its attempts to experiment irritating and out of place. Yeah, and I don't remember any song sticking out as being really particularly good. I don't rate them as I go, but like. I don't think any of these songs were very good. Um, it just, yeah, just I, how did they lose their their ability to like make 
like to use dynamics to make the song interesting. Like what? Uh, what happened I'll, to, I'll to tell space? you how they did it. You look at the producer credits and it's live. Live is yeah. who's credited uh, as the producer. And I mean, there are some bands that can do that and put out amazing albums, but I think the vast majority of bands and musical artists, they need that additional set of ears in the producer's chair to, Mm. to take what the band is creating and, and make something and make the best product it can be. You might be right. Zach, what, uh, what what was what was your final grade for the album? Uh, yeah, awful. And I very well may have listened to it when I downloaded it and just completely forgot or like blocked it out. Um, but no, it's it's awful. Like I, even even the so I'm looking on Wikipedia and the, the forever may not be long enough one, which is arguably one of the better tracks on the album. I would uh, say it's the, the best cl- one on the album. Closing credits for the for the Mummy Returns. So it, it's almost <laughs> like they were just they were just trying to like I don't know, do do something. It's not even really that poppy though. That's the crazy part. But they were just maybe trying to be more commercialized and try and get songs on on movies or something. I don't I think know. They were trying to tap work. into to the zeitgeist of the moment when it came to sound and they were trying to piggyback on things that were popular. I remember yeah. that overcome song. Um, uh, that one sticks in my head because I really hate the way he sings the chorus on it. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't like disliking the way Ed Qualchick sings stuff. No. But, um, cause I, I, he's one of my favorite vocalists. If we just kind of stop in 99 or so, um, yeah. after that, yeah. things get a little, no, he has, yeah. he has the, be- one of the best catalogs of, of vocal you know performances in those first four albums. Yeah. Um, but so then we all hated it. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Pretty much- so- yeah, and I'm no, done talking to, about it. If you guys want to move on, uh, yeah. let's, let's move <laughs> on to Birds of Prey. Yeah, uh, let's let's rip the bandaid off and go to Birds of Prey. <laughs> so I remember this single, uh, the uh, what is it, um, uh, Heaven, and I will say this for Heaven, it is a very well executed, inspirational, uh, <laughs> contemporary Christian song. Um, yes. It's it. This is the first toe into the water of praise band um that oh, uh, live i was makes. gonna say that yeah. <laughs> uh, you got is, there first yeah. <laughs> this is, i actually think i actually don't mind hearing the song heaven it's awfully like you know it's awfully corny um but it does it very well and it's it's very well executed um what is not as well ex- it, the rest of the album to me just sounds like worse versions of that song um and that that was my take dave go ahead and i've t- stolen your thunder so, Let's hear so what you the, got. So when I say a really good praise band, what I want to say, it, I want to qualify that with the best of praise bands is a pretty mediocre band. Yeah. Um, and this album just sounds like they are a really good praise band. Like the, the it's like heaven is the song that you, man, you're, you're, you go to church and you can't wait for the praise band to get up on stage because that's the best part of, of the church service. Um, and wow, look at listen to this great song that the praise band is playing. Well, it's but, more like, look, listen, I'm in church and I'm hearing drums and electric guitar. Exactly. Well, this, this is better than a sermon or or the organ. You know, that's how that's how praise bands exactly. be for me. And and the even the best of praise bands is not that great of a band. And that's what this album feels like. It feels like a, a 
an album that was only made because it's you know it's live it's it's these guys that have had a lot of success in the 90s and they don't know what to write anymore so ed's just writing whatever the hell he wants because nobody else seems to have any um anything to say or do and and maybe and maybe they're just all out of ideas maybe that's all there is to it and so they let him write his his praise band album and yeah it's just pretty mundane and uninteresting like it didn't make me mad but uh, yeah zach what did you think so when when Dan said that uh, uh, the uh, was it the dolphins cry kind of made him cringe a little bit for the lyrics. Yes, uh, heaven makes me cringe, and that yeah. that probably says more about me and and my distaste for you know Christianity and and uh, praise praising stuff. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just I. I, I I could barely get through the song. I was like, I, I kind of feel like I need to turn this off. And I generally do not do that about really any music unless it's, it's really, really rubbing me the wrong way. And then, you know, the, the rest of the album is, it doesn't feel quite as bad as that, but that's mainly because I already checked out and I wasn't paying as much attention. Um, right. it, it, it just, it just sounds like background, uh, live music that, you don't care about you know so, and it's like why do mm-hmm. why do i need to listen to this more than once i don't yeah, yeah. it's it's really bland and i i i think is this the one is out to dry the song that i'm thinking of it's one of the rare songs in their later catalog that reminds me of old live i think it's out to dry i might yeah. even be thinking of a song Track 11. On, mm-hmm. um and it what what i realized was uh it is if it's the one i'm thinking of it's just stage done worse but yes no you're absolutely it, right it still reminds right. me that the riff is almost <laughs> the same right it's yep. almost the same but like stage is so much better but that said on this album that's the most interesting song yeah. like I, the the knockoff stage is the most interesting song uh other than that i was I, yeah i yeah it I, was i agree it, that it's the, the lyrics are super cringy and he used to wrestle with spirituality all the time and that's great I don't like maybe he's found peace with, you know, how he sees the world and that's good for him, but it does not make for interesting lyrics. It does not make for, you know, uh, for as, as good a music apparently. And, um, I, I personally don't have as big of a problem with heaven cause it simply executes the, the formula better than any other song on this album. Um, I, I don't hate it, but it is, it is a little, it's, it's pretty cringy. Um, everything else on the album is like, Oh, it's that, but it's not even like, it doesn't even use the like the big live chorus like that or it's, right. it's even a, like if you change the lyrics in heaven i would i would like it more but like i don't the rest of the songs i'm like ah they're just not that good of songs so i don't i don't care what, about the lyrics you know what this album does is it takes um it it get, eliminates the difference between creed and live um, <laughs> it's like it's like they have merged into one because like there, there are a lot of parallels between Creed and Live because um, Creed, Creed could have been a good band had had things unfolded differently potentially Live was a really good band and then they kind of met at Birds of Prey um, the sonically and thematically and me not caring at all about it anymore. Yeah, this this is this is Creedy. That's a good point. I did not make that connection. What I would say about Creed is they were never as interesting musically. They just had one gear basically, um, whereas yeah. Live used to be interesting musically. But you're right. There's a little bit of a, that sort of like vague spirituality and like 
like really obvious lyrics that you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, I guess that's nice. But like, I swear I heard over these last two albums, I heard the concepts of peace, love, God, you know, um, spirituality, you know, connect like too often. It's like, I'm sorry. I, I thought that he kind of dwelled on spirituality, arguably a little too much on mental jewelry because they're all kind of thematically about <laughs> those things. But I'll yep. take, I, I don't even think that that's that bad. That's just a, an argument you could make. It's just so, it's so much. It's so much. Sorry, Zach, you were, you were, you were, uh, you were describing your love for this album a moment ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it's, uh, the, so I, I didn't quite have the, you know, the visceral response to, to five that, that you did, uh, Dave until I got to this one. And then I was just like, no, <laughs> this yeah. is, this is no good. And, it, but, and then it, it kind of made me appreciate five because I yeah. was like, wow, that that you know it, that one like once you get to the dog shit the, the one beforehand is not so not so bad but it's still pretty bad. Well, f- five is really grating, but they're at least tr- they're at least trying stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I feel like they're not trying stuff at this point. Yeah, um, and, and it, almost well, to as, the point where you're looking say, at. Uh, God wants you to either be hot or cold. Um, not lukewarm, which um, Birds of Prey is perfectly lukewarm. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Really boring, bland. I All like right. how the the track names like Lighthouse and River Town are almost trying to evoke <laughs> earlier like lightning crashes and pain on the river riverside. Yeah. I know. Uh, it's it's trying to like evoke you know <sighs> those earlier days. I mean, l- listen to the name of these these songs. Heaven, she, the sanct. I'm guessing I, could, I haven't checked, but I'm guessing she is just the female god. Uh, you know that, that's probably what she means. Sanctity of dreams, runaway, life marches on, sweet release. You know, like what are we fighting for? Bring the people together. I mean, yeah. some people love this sort of like motivational, inspirational stuff, but I don't. I find it very boring and and uninteresting. Um, you you can you can inspire people a different way. That's not so obvious. This is a bad album. Unfortunately, it may arguably be better than the album that follows it, I think, um, because um, it's it's full on it's full on praise band by this album uh, for me. Like it's it's if anything, it's 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 more so it's more bland. It's less interesting. That was my take. Yes, on, uh, on I, I do agree. The Black, uh, Black Mountain. Unless unless you have more on Birds of Prey, uh, Zach. No, um, I do agree move, that um, move on. songs from Black the Black Mountain is definitely as boring, if not more so, and less interesting than Birds of Prey. But I don't think it's as praise bandy. I feel like it's just more adult contemporary. Mm. Uh, you're gonna hear it on the elevator. It, it, it's that it's that non offensive music you're just going to hear in the background and and never notice because it it doesn't have anything interesting going on at all and it is just completely bland and mundane that that's the way that the black mountain came off for me when i started listening to this one it was right after birds of prey and i think the first track or the first two tracks i was like oh okay this this could be better and then as i got deeper into the album i was like this is not better this is not getting better <laughs> and oh. and it just it just didn't no it like i i, I checked out again it just i, I didn't feel yep. anything i didn't care about uh, any of the music none of the lyrics none of the none of the instrumentation um 
there was just nothing there that was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm having a good time or I want more of this. And, uh, and, and it's really sad because from where they came from and, and how great they were, you know, in the mid to late nineties, it just, it just tur- went completely full circle and, and dropped off and died out. You know, it's like live, live they, they should have, they should have ended probably in 2000. Like they should have been done. Yeah. Like Ed, go on and do something else. The band go and maybe find, find Scott Stapp. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, go just find somebody else uh, to, to his, do this his, thing. His name is Chris Shin and he yeah, was. Chris a, Shin. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I will. I, I agree. The first two songs, um, they, they're, they're a little, they're a little closer to the sort of um, a little bit of that live, that old live sound. But I think it really, really peters out quickly. And by the time we got to home, the sort of like bring the boys back home from war. Why, you know, it was like that's that's yeah. a lovely sentiment. I am against war. So I, I, I want to bring the boys home. But I found myself like wanting to disagree, like wanting to like make arguments about the necessity of war to Ed as he was singing to me. And <laughs> did we have did we have to do the military like snare drum at the during every song? That's that's vaguely related to war or armies. Like, do we have to do that? Well, they had to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. And by that point, I was like, man, uh, and I, I, I think you're this album is slightly less overtly praise bandy in the lyrics. I just feel like it's even safer in the music. And which is what which makes me think of 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 the full on praise band thing. Like the music yeah. is so safe. Um, it's it's like, oh, the kids will love it. There's 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 amplifiers and like right. a drum kit but like that's that's all i can say now did you guys uh listen to the turn at all the uh, album no. without ed i no. couldn't i couldn't bring myself to do it i went through it once um it, you can tell there's a little a little more of um of the sort of like uh I don't know how to describe it, but there's a little more of the 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 instruments trying to assert themselves in it at times. Um, Which makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because there's no Ed to sort of like, you know, eat it all up. But, you know, um, that said, they don't really take advantage. And I just think about how a band that could write songs, songs like Iris, you know, um, on Throwing Copper or Lakini's Juice could just has to follow a formula so desperately like there's just no surprises there's no space in the songs there there's no like inventiveness it's just boring and christian is like a perfectly acceptable like singer i think he's had there's a slight ed ed qualtic impression going on slight but it's you know he he just he really fades into the background it's not is is he a contest winner of some kind or something i don't think like, they like a reality show or i don't or, think they went the 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 route of um oh, what's the band uh with michael hutchins um they didn't go full in on excess. Yeah, in excess they didn't go full on let's make a tv show and whatever i don't know how they sort of but is he from like american him. idol or something like that oh uh, let me see it says he was from the band unified theory oh okay i know his dad owns a Car dealership. No, his car dad. Dealership. Yeah. His dad used, used to own a uh, used to own like an NBA team or something. Okay. Um, so he's he's a rich kid. Um, you know, for yeah, better the Charlotte or worse. Hornets. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, George Shin, I think. Uh, but uh, 
uh, yeah, this this is forgettable. But honestly, I think if you made me listen, choose an album to listen to, and this was it was this Birds of Prey, Simple Cre- or uh, Five, or songs from Black Mountain, I would choose this one because it's it's less awful. It's just once again kind of forgettable. Um, yeah, and so I, it's not just Ed, you know sort of dominated and started writing safe stuff the band doesn't really have much and i know as i'm looking at the uh the tracking list i don't know how much involvement the band had in writing the album there's a lot of you know there's a lot of other names popping up uh, on the on the credits so um sadly uh even though they read they did a reunion tour in tw- uh, 2017 i think ed has now kicked everybody else out of the band and now from yes. now on it's just going to be ed touring um, did you guys have anything else you wanted to say about songs from Black Mountain or no, or anything no, else no. on that? No, I, I did would like to say that um, what's his name, Jerry Harrison, was the producer on that last uh, the turn. Yeah, yep. the turn. Yep. Yeah, back for that. So maybe, maybe that's, that's why it had more emphasis on the instruments. Also, I, I I don't think it was good, but it was it was okay. It was an okay rock album, uh, whereas the other three were were praise band nonsense. And then yeah. I can't even explain five. That one was it was bizarre, but not in good ways. Show. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> again, for me, I'd rather have they're trying weird shit than than sure. um, birds of prey and. Uh, songs from black mountain but it's not like I, th- I thought five was good i thought it was it was a huge step down from the distance to here um yeah. and honestly all you need is the first four zach now here's a question for you i am pretty sure you will not spend any time with uh the last you know uh the the last three yeah the, la- the whole uh you know um new millennium of live but uh yeah. will you uh spend more time with uh the one you didn't listen to um mental jewelry yeah and i already have yeah uh, like you know not having really listened to it as much as you guys did um or at all potentially um my memory is pretty hazy of it but but i've already listened to it several times um it's it's definitely more fun and more enjoyable than these these latter three albums so yeah it's it's become part of the the, the, the quad rotation of of live um yeah, mental jewelry to distance to here. That's really all you need, I think. Well, what's what's been interesting about this ride or die, you know, um, series is every once in a while I'll find some music from one of these bands where I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll put that in my back pocket. That that's that's pretty good. There were some Counting Crows, um, if not entire albums, there were some songs or, or you know sides of albums that I thought were pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I, I I don't really I can't I can't say the same about Weezer because I didn't. Uh, I none Van, of Van Weezer was good. You have to admit Van Weezer was a good album. Not not uh, blue not blue album level or Pinkerton level, but it was a good album. There it, were some good moments on it. There were some there. They all not all. Some of them had nothing but I had nothing but hatred for. But there were some good moments on that one and OK Human, where I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, this is pretty good. But it was all like pretty good in the sort of category of like maladroit or make believe where I was like, uh-huh. well, this isn't, you know, top level, but it's, you know, it's clearly better than the other stuff. Um, yeah. But it's kind of nice when you you find something, you know, where you're like, OK, this is good. 
But the other thing it does, the, 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 this uh, series of podcasts, is it makes me not feel bad uh, about missing out on most of this stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I, I would I would sit and think, why did I bail on that band? I or I feel, like I felt guilty about not listening to more Smashing Pumpkins for a long time because after um, after Zeitgeist, I I kind of just you know stopped paying attention. I went back and listened to them, and it's not all bad, but. It may, it relieved a little bit of guilt or like, ah, I was missing out. I was like, no, I mean, there's some stuff in here, but you know, live, I think honestly more conclusive, conclusively than any other of the ones that we've done made me think I missed nothing. This, yeah, no, this you're was absolutely right. This was um, the weakest back half of, of a, a discography that, that we've run into, I think, you know, yeah. uh, and all the ones that we did. No, I a hundred percent agree. I made the right decision in buying throwing copper, mental jewelry, secret samadhi, marrying into the distance to here, <laughs> and then never listening to them again. Uh-huh. Beyond that. Now that said, none of this none of this weakened my I sometimes I think that listening to all that Weezer may have like sapped some of my love of Weezer. Um and, and the same the same could be maybe said about pumpkins a little bit. Just because it just goes to show that Billy doesn't doesn't know what to do with himself and you know uh hasn't figured out the right way to to approach this um right but i i am i have not lost any of my love for those first four albums absolutely um, they're still for you know certainly samadhi um throwing copper and even mental jewelry are on my like like must have 90s albums uh, for sure um, and honestly, Distance to Hear is not too far behind. But. Yeah, it, I found a newfound love for Distance to Hear. I'll say that. So, who's ride or die for for live? I am not. I'll take '90s live, and that's all I need. <laughs> nope. Like I said, the, the the band should have ended in in the year 2000. It should have. It should have died. Yep. Oh, no. they, they should no longer have been yep. alive. They should not have been alive after that. Mm. Yeah. I see what you. I see what and you I mean. There. You know, I think Ed did some solo albums, and that that like that's what he should have done, oh. and that's what he should still do. And and then the other members could have gone off and done whatever, and they just because I mean that's essentially what happened anyway. Like that, you know, they they yep. made their albums, but I don't think they were together. I don't think they were in in a, in the in the cohesive unit of a band anymore after that point. I think it yeah. just kept kept going down downhill and downhill, and then he fired everybody. Do you guys do you guys remember the no talking just head album where yes, it was everyone but david Byrne. yeah yep. ed's on ed's on one of those tracks and i love that yes. song yeah it's um, a great song let me understand this right i don't remember how the, the whole song was but I, or the name of the song but i really Tell like okay yeah i really like that song um he also apparently did an album with um with like one of the guys from Candlebox and stuff that that i have not listened to but i, I man uh ed can be so good but yep when when he when it goes wrong, it, it wow! I'm I'm surprised how bad these albums were. I I was a little sad. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I don't ever have to listen to them again, and I and I won't. Yep, that's that's the thing. All right, uh, unless there's anything else, I'm good. No? Nope. All good. All right, then. Uh, yeah, that was our deep dive into the band live, our ride or die series. Um, we'll probably have another one of these for you in about three, six to four months, maybe. Um, so that seems to be the pace we're going on. Um, don't know what we're going to do next, but you'll be able to find it wherever you're listening to this. And we've got other ones um, if you like this one. So, yeah, we'll see you then. 
I caught it on audio. 